0: okay well here we are we're live we're back it is tuesday it's in the huddle it's me it's miles it's producer dave and we're grading the vikings so uh stick around we got a bit of a roll in, and we'll be back
1: talking to you soon hey play the music huddle around as climbing the pocket network presents jason and the boys talking everything minnesota vikings
0: What up, what up, what up? We are live. We are back. My name is Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And I am joined, as always, by wide receiver one, DB1, Miles Gorham, my man. How you doing? How you been?
2: What's going on? Doing pretty
0: good. Chilling man. Chilling man. Chilling man. And of course, we got producer Dave. How's it going, Dave? Rocking the lake monster? Love it, love it, love it. And all right, let's hop to it. And as, I, as always, you know, this episode, Dave reminding me, you know, because if I don't do these things, I will get in trouble, that this show and all the shows on the Climbing the Pocket Network are sponsored, are brought to you by Lake Monster Brewing. And uh, Aaron, David, Brian. thanks for uh, dropping some skulls in the chat. Today, we're going to switch things up. You know, it's the off-season season We're in a bit of a lull. Teams are a bit quiet right now as they're starting to do their, not starting, but like wrapping up their final draft preparations. It's smoke season. Every draft prospect is either having a precipitous fall or shooting up draft boards, but we're not going to get into all that. Tyler, he gives you all that good stuff on Mondays. We are going to go with a little bit of a different concept for our show today that was inspired by Deshaun. Dave, could you throw the tweet up that, uh, that Deshaun shared with us there? And what's up, Lene? I hope I said that right. Thanks for joining us. Always happy to have you here. This is the tweet. Love it. So Deshaun went through, did an exercise where he decided to rank all of the Vikings position groups, assuming all the players are healthy. And so we decided that we're going to do something similar. We're going to go through position group by position group, give kind of our thoughts on like how that group grades out. And then think about where we think that that group kind of stacks up against the competition for the Vikings in the NFC. So, as always, we encourage your comments. Uh, we're looking to hear from you. We want to know what, you, what you're thinking about these rankings as well. And uh, we're going to jump right into it. And, of course, Miles, we're going to start with the group that probably gets the most conversation, but probably should be among the least controversial, Kirk Cousins, the quarterback group for the Vikings. What grade would you give that group? And uh, where would you say the quarterback group ranks in the NFC?
2: So when you, especially at quarterback, I think the one area, I think the number you put at quarterback is obviously mostly weighted by the starter. So I think I think nine in general is pretty accurate. If you want to just look at like Kirk Cousins in the NFL across the league, uh, you could say Kirk's, you know, you could find, you could fluctuate. Kirk being the ninth to maybe the fourteenth, fifteenth best, um, <laughs> uh, you know, quarterback in the league. So I, I have no issues with with saying he's in the, he's ninth. I could you you could say tenth, eleventh, twelfth. You know, you wouldn't hear a sting from me. So I think that's totally fine. I Ian, you're exactly right. That's what I was going to say next. We should probably bump him up a little bit more because of man, you know, um, Mond and Mannion probably make like when you look at like the depth and and like backup position at quarterback with mon being still unknown i can't sit here and like give him a positive grade so you're you're probably looking at one of the i won't say worst backup situations in the league but it's definitely one of the less least talented (laughs) i don't know it's hard because like i said (laughs) yeah well and and, like we know who manion is manion is more of the like true like classroom backup quarterback than he is the on-field upside guy on the field as your backup quarterback. So um, there's value to that, which, um, but Mond is the the one guy we just have no idea about. And right now all we know of is he's not good. So um, hopefully that changes. But right now I think ninth, I think, like I said, I think anywhere between like eighth, ninth to 15th, you could, you could rank the Vikings in that, in that same like general range. It fluctuates.
0: All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to deviate a bit from, uh, from Deshaun's kind of order here. Cause we're going to try to do this in like, Order of importance, not just like you know the thing that we talk about the most often. So we're gonna skip yep. over running back here, and we're gonna drop to we're gonna jump to, to wide receiver. We're gonna jump to wide receiver, and uh, Deshaun has them at fifth. Miles, you know we got Justin Jefferson, we got Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne had a bit of a, an emergence in in the last season. Not much going on after those guys that that we really know about. You know, we know the wide receiver is your thing. We know that's the position you played. We know you love yeah. to watch and study the, the the tape on those guys and that you watch a lot of guys that aren't on the Vikings that play wide receiver, which, you know, sometimes fans do get, like, tunnel vision on their own team and aren't really aware of, like, everything that's going on around the league. So when you think about the whole league and the whole landscape, what do you think the appropriate ranking is for the Vikings? And, like, what would you say a grade is for for our position group if everyone's healthy? This one's
2: tough. I actually, I five feels pretty appropriate to me. I think the tough part is like Adam Thielen. I think kind of what we've seen people like dog Dino Hunter for from injury standpoint. We're kind of getting that same thing with Thielen in the last few years. Um, he's often injured. He's aging. He's still expensive, um, and that's not to say that when he when he is playing, he's a really good player, um, but. Um, I think as he ages, we just don't know exactly how well he's going to do over the next, uh, this year, coming off his injury, off, off his surgery. Um, the hope is he just returns to form and, and can stay healthy. But I think as a whole, um, I mean, is it, the wide receiver group is a strength. Um, fifth might be, I'm like trying to look across the league. I, the Bengals are probably number one. Um, I, you could argue the Steelers are up there still. Uh, I know they got rid of Juju, but they're still pretty solid. Um, where's the other team I was looking at, um, the Bills the Bills are solid um, but I'd say I'd still get the edge of the Vikings I think the 49ers are pretty good Seahawks with their duo uh, the Raiders now jump into the conversation because of um, adding Devontae Adams, the Chargers pretty solid Broncos, um, probably the deepest wide receiver group in the league um, and then um, I'd say the Buccaneers might round that out um, with a pretty solid group, so um, the Rams too. Thank you, Steve. The Rams uh, can't forget about the Rams. Um, that's a really good group as well. So yeah, I think you know that fifth range uh, is a pretty solid number for the Vikings. But I think that number could change, really, depending on what happens with Thielen and Osborne over the next couple of years.
0: Awesome. And so, like, we'll get into it in a little bit. Actually, no, let's get into it right now because it's something that we've talked yeah, about. I was just to say, do we
2: want to get into it as, as yeah. we think
0: about it? Yeah, like. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, with that in mind, like, you know, healthy, the Vikings have a really solid receiver group, but if you're thinking about like how these things should inform potentially draft strategy, um, how would you play the wide receiver class this year? And I know that you've talked maybe about grabbing one at 12, but like as time has gone on and you've dug in a little bit more to the receivers that are out there, it seems as though you're maybe not as high on this wide receiver class as some other folks. And so are you maybe thinking that we don't need to go right away or we should go later? Or how are you thinking about the way the Vikings should approach, you know, adding to depth or adding talent to that wide receiver group?
2: Well, so also, I I think it's a good group of wide receivers. I don't think you have as many wide receivers that are high to to mid-round, first-round picks, um, talent-wise. Like, I think there are... I think this is a good group of wide receivers as a whole. I just don't think you have the... Five, six guys that are like first round worthy. You know, you have. I do think there are guys that could potentially be there at twelve for the Vikings that I'd have no problems taking. I think you know, you look at Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Um, you could even throw Burks. And then I'm I'm a big Jahan Dotson guy. I don't think he's going to go that high, but I think I think he's like a back end back end of the first round type of type of receiver that the Vikings traded back. I'd have no issues taking. Um, and then Drake London's the other guy. I think is getting a lot of that combo too, but. Um, I'm not sure, you know, you take all those guys and think they're automatic jump, jump starting your entire offense and making like high end immediate impact. But I still think there is a lot of impact that they can make. And so, um, if that's the route the Vikings want to go, um, I kind of mentioned earlier that Adam Thielen's going to be 32 when the season starts, he's been injured. They just redid his contract, but there still isn't out after this season. So if you see, if see aging, aging comes for everybody at some point besides Tom Brady, he doesn't count. But like aging comes for everybody, and it's starting to feel like it could be coming for Thielen mainly from the, like the injury standpoint. Um, when he is healthy, he's still really good. But I think the Vikings need to be thinking about the long term um, future too. And um, wide receiver is super expensive. We just saw how many guys we see? we saw two guys get uh, wide receiver contracts of 20, 25 plus thirty million plus you know per year for uh, for Hill for Tyree Hill, and then Devontae Adams got the – $28 million. So um, when the numbers start to spike, you can only expect a guy like Justin Jefferson to get a number, you know, probably higher than that in a couple of years. So um, I think at that point, when you start thinking about long-term, you need to have guys that are cheaper, but guys that are, you know, under control, but are talented. So I think, you know, you might start seeing teams take wide receivers in the first round more often because teams are playing more than two, three re- receivers at a time. They're playing three, four, five. And so you got to have depth, you got to have talent. And I think if if we were to even just look at the uh, the Rams model, the Rams have constantly drafted wide receivers. Now they haven't hit on every all those guys, but they're constantly bringing in wide receivers um, to their team. And so you know they just signed Allen Robinson, but they traded. They had Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Van. Je- they drafted Van Jefferson in the second round. And they drafted uh, who's the kid they drafted last year that I'm drawing a blank on. Um, someone will remind me, but. Um, What's his name? Let me pull it up real quick. Um, Tutu Atwell. They drafted him in the second round last year. They they signed Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, during the season. Like they they've constantly created you know depth and talent to the wide receiver room because they know how much of an impact it has on an offense. And I think I kind of hope to see that same thing with Kevin O'Connell um, coming from that model and and having you know the t- the talent the Vikings do currently have, but also looking ahead. The draft isn't just about focusing on now; it's about the future. And I think if you can have a guy, um, yeah, if you can have a guy in um, for five years on a cost-controlled team, then I think um, I think you're solid.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let's move along to uh, probably the only position that uh, that the Vikings fandom talks about more than the quarterback would be the offensive line. So, uh, Deshaun had the offensive line at 20th. But if you're looking at, like, you know, pass-blocking grades, which would be the most important thing over the last few years, the Vikings have been, you know, much lower than that 20th, you know, kind of hanging around around, you know, 26, 27, 28. Then, you know, a run-blocking is a little better than that. But at the end of the day, you're probably not going to win the Super Bowl on the back of your run-blocking. Like, you're going to need to be able to, to protect your quarterback. So, with, you know, the additions that we've made the kind of the bargain basement shopping that we're looking to do which is what they kind of should be doing getting a bunch of bodies in there to compete for uh that that right guard spot you know it looks like bradbury is going to get the opportunity to come back which i know a lot of vikings fans aren't that thrilled about but it seems that most of the positions across the line are set we're going to maybe have some better coaching in here what are you thinking miles in terms like what's an appropriate ranking for this offensive line and if it's you, like, are you still looking to go back to the well when it comes to the draft? Like, what what are you doing with this offensive line based on like how you're seeing them stack up across the rest of the league?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you hope top twenty five. Um, I do think they're. Pro- I think when you when you look at the foundation of the offensive line, I think they're fine. I think you know you have the two bookend tackles long term, young. Um, I think and Ezra Cleveland's a guy who's been. You're hoping can continue to to, um, to progress at left guard. I think there's room for Bradbury to grow. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to make a major jump in 2022, but I'm hoping you know some of the scheme and some of the uh, um, offensive line development from the coach can help just shore up some of the small things. Like I said, I don't expect if Bradbury is going to improve, it's going to be like this major jump, but you just kind of hope he could take some small strides and then obviously you can move on at that point. Um, which is fine. Like you can move on after this season from, from Bradbury fine. Right. But I think he can be serviceable for you um, in 2022 and, and not be the guy that like hinders you from, from going to the playoffs, for example. Um, but um, I think the, the guard, the right guard situation I'm good with. I like the fact that they got Chris Reed on a two year deal. And I, I would assume the deal is small. Um, but what I like about the two year deal is it allows you to have long-term depth that you can plan for. An established depth that you can plan for, so you don't have to worry. about, so you have Jesse Davis on a one-year deal, Chris Reed on a two-year deal, and then you have uh, Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis is obviously the wild card, but you have a guy who you could probably slot into at least both guard spots, maybe even center with Reed. But you have that guy who could maybe slide into any three of those spots in a pinch next year as well. You can like pencil him in for your for a spot as depth next year as better in depth too, and so you don't have to worry about some of that. Um, and then, obviously, you have Jesse Davis, so I think at right guard is, is a lot better than he is at his, as a swing tackle. So, um, you like the competition, um, but I do expect, to your point, I expect them to dive back in the, in the draft at some point. I don't expect it to be early. I think people are going to be frustrated that they might not take a center early, but I think kind of what Rick Spielman did for a long time is he didn't touch interior, interior offensive line in the draft until, what, third, fourth, fifth round. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that same thing from this new regime. Um, but I think that should be fine because if you get a guy that you can develop and have it as depth, and maybe even competition for Bradbury, especially at center, um, I think that's great. I think uh, where Jake, Jake mentioned Juergens and uh, Strange, I think both two guys you could get early on day three um, could provide some of that depth or, or competition and then maybe even re- replace a guy like Bradbury next year. So um, I think that should be the way they go they're at their passive point where they're probably, they can't likely afford a better center in free agency. You don't trade for one and then you shouldn't take one early in the draft. So you have Bradbury. Let's see if you can, you know, maybe use coaching and scheme to help him out this year and then, you know, find somebody in the draft, um, in the mid rounds.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the way to go. And I, and one of the funny things is like, just cause it hasn't worked for us as the Vikings doesn't mean that it's something right. that is a poor strategy to like go mid rounds for the interior O-line. Generally speaking, that's where you're going to get the most surplus value in the draft, drafting those guys and bringing those guys in, like you said, where you get to look to the future. I think too often uh, during the the, the Spielman and Zimmer era, we were drafting to plug holes right away. So we were drafting guys that had to come in, had to play. And with a lot of players, especially players in the trenches, it's actually beneficial for them to come in, not have the burden of playing right away, get in the NFL weight room, get stronger, learn better technique, And then potentially develop into a player that you can rely on down the road. And that's something that we just frankly haven't seen enough of uh, as Vikings fans here recently is like those depth pieces, getting a chance to develop and turn into maybe not stars for your team, but just guys who can come in and be solid contributors. And so, yeah, if we wait and pick up some of these guys a little bit later on, but like they're given an opportunity to actually develop and grow. Um, they could still pay dividends for us down the road. Like this draft, like you keep saying, like everyone keeps saying, shouldn't be about this year. It really should be about looking to the future of the team and building a contender beyond just the next season. So I, I certainly hope that they get some guys, they take some shots at it, but I really hope it's not something early because, yeah, it's just right. not the position you well, should be drafting super early. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's touch on that real quick, Jason, because one thing I was looking at, so the Vikings currently... Like when you talk about the draft, and we talk about the future, the draft should be about the future. The like the 2022 draft should be about 2023, 2024, 2025. Like those are the players you hope you hit on. A couple of those guys that are foundations for you moving moving into the future. So I was looking at the Vikings like depth chart, and I was looking at like who are guys that are on expiring deals this year that you should probably be considering replacing in the draft long term. Um, you know maybe you bring a couple of these guys back, but like in general, you should be trying to like rinse and repeat some of these guys um, long-term rather than having to pay them um, as, especially if they're like depth rotational pieces, you should be trying to replace those, those players in the draft. So like um, looking at like, I'll start at quarterback Mannion's the guy, not really worried about that. Um, So maybe, maybe they go late round. I would assume like a UDFA quarterback will come in. Um, But looking at running back, you got, you have Cook who's expensive and aging and a guy that, After this, who's who's had injury concerns? So, but then you also have Madison, who's who's on expiring. He's a he'll be a free agent after this year. So, um, you obviously have Kenny Nwangwu in the fold already, which is great. Um, So maybe running back isn't one that you have to worry about too much right now to focus on the future. Um, But they could. It wouldn't be surprising if they brought in somebody late in the draft or even a UDFA um, long term. Uh, But then you look at wide receiver; they're actually pretty. They're set up pretty well with Osborne. Um, uh, Amir Smith, Marset, um, those two guys as depth and rotation Adams, Adam Thielen. We don't know what what will happen with him beyond 2022. Um, obviously he's under contract for next year, but we don't know. And then BC Johnson another guy who's coming off from injury. Um, he'll, he'll also be on an expiring. So we'll see what happens there. Um, like I said, we talked about, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to add an impact player wide receiver, um, fairly early in the draft. Um, and then wide receiver, our tight end, you got Irv Smith, who's on expiring, and they lo- they just lost Tyler Conklin. So I wouldn't be surprised if tight end in in the you know mid to late rounds is another thing that they try to do in a similar way. Let's draft somebody in the fifth, sixth, you know round, develop them, see if there's somebody that can stick. Obviously, I think um, Irv Smith's a guy that you want to build with long term, but um, you know you, you never know. Uh, and then looking at the offensive line, the interior offensive line, you got Bradbury, Jer- uh, Jesse Davis, and. Um, Schlottman. I don't know his first name. Um, those guys are all on expiring. I would assume Bradbury's not getting his option picked up. Um, those guys are expiring. So we talked about center, interior offensive line. Don't be surprised. Like we said, if, if that position gets gets touched on uh, fairly, you know, mid to early in the draft. Um and then uh offensive tackle, you got Darius on O'Neill long term, so that's fantastic. But Udo, your swing tackle right now, um, he's on an expiring, so he's a guy that you might want to consider um, replacing um, but we'll see because you have your established guys so you might not need to focus on that too much um, on defense though, those are the there's two positions specific well besides we'll get into cornerback but like two position I think that are getting slept on as a as long-term needs off uh outside linebacker uh, edge rusher you know geneal hunter and um um Darius smith both guys injured expensive their guy well I, I know smith isn't expensive this year but like his contract gets more expensive um, those are guys, and then you got DJ Wanham behind them, which I think Wanham as a rotational guy could be fine. Um, but I think that could be a position. I wouldn't be surprised if if they found a guy in, at twelve or like trade back second day, day two, something like that, where they grabbed an you know edge rusher um, to replace one of those two long term. Um, and then the other other position I think gets left on for depth and long term potential is uh, defensive end. So add to the shift to this new defense we need to understand that defensive end is no longer what defensive end used to be in this defense. Defensive end is more of a like three tech type defensive tackle type of player. You're looking for more of the like 280 pound, um, you know, size defensive ends, 290 pound, not, not your like defensive ends, like Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter, that were 250 pounds. You're looking for bigger guys that can be a little bit more stout, but have some pass rush technique to them. So um, you're looking for that type. So Dalvin Thomas right now, He's one position there. He's played both nose and defensive end in this type of defense. But um, he's on an expiring, so um, I think that's a position long term that I wouldn't be surprised if they focus on. Um, and then uh, the only other position we'll, we'll talk about safety and cornerback. Um, cornerback obviously has Patrick Peterson, Cam Dancer, and, and uh, Chandon Sullivan. All three guys. Um, you got you got Dancer, who you you hope. Can be your, a long-term cornerback for you. He's in. He's going into year three, so you got two more years with him, at least. Um, but the one guy, uh, Patrick Peterson and Chandon Sullivan, you need to you need to have long-term bodies at the at, at that position. You have Harrison too that they signed, and um, uh, I think there was one other guy that they signed. I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but they're depth guys, uh, depth and competition, yeah. which is good. But lo- long-term, they don't have Ty Smith. They brought back too, but. Um, long-term they just don't have um, the bodies at, at cornerback. So they need to develop some guys. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they addressed it with multiple p- positions in the draft um, at that spot. Let's hope so. Them, Let's hope so. so and but then like, the a la- safety's the last one.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned like, you know, all the groups there and some of the places that we really should be looking at maybe adding some depth. And so like, Let's keep going through. Let's finish out the offense here. So we got through yeah. some of, like, the key positions, the ones that we talk about a lot there. And you talked running back. You said, you know, we got some players there. We got Cook, who went healthy, you know, one of the best running backs in the game. Madison, probably one of the best backups in the game. Mm-hmm. And Wangwu Wu showed out, showed that, you know, maybe not in the run game as much. You know, he had a couple plays here and there, but showed the explosiveness and showed that maybe if he gets a bit more coaching, Bit more playing time, bit more experience at this level. That you know, maybe he has a little something going on, a little something that he can maybe bring to the table. So when you're looking at our running back group and and comparing it to you know the rest of the league, how do we stack up? How would you grade this running back group? How would you rank them?
2: What what did Deshaun have us?
0: He had us, I think, at sixth.
2: Okay, I mean, I think that's fair. I think the Colts. I think I'm trying to look at like I think. I think we're we're right up there. Uh honestly might even think we're we're probably higher than six. I think the only teams that might have an argument would be the Colts, Packers, um. I, honestly, like maybe maybe the Panthers. I don't even know. Um
0: Browns? What about the and, Browns?
2: Uh the Brown the Browns, the other one because of uh Kareem Hunt and uh, both they have like two pretty high-end starters. Um,
0: you said Colts, Packers, so Browns, Patriots. they just got a lot of bodies at it. They just throw. They just throw a. Bunch they got of a there. lot of
2: bodies, but, but I, they got some talent. Yeah, there. I don't think they have. It's not more talented than than what the Vikings have, though. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, honestly, I I think that might be it. And then, but to be honest, the Vikings have an argument to be better than any of those teams in any in you know like you can make the argument for it from like a depth and Dalvin Cook being, you know, when he's healthy, you know, one of, if not, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. So, I mean, yeah, they got a top five unit um, at running back, which is good. I mean, it's 2022. I I don't know how great that is, (laughs) but like they're talented. So like at the end of the day, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay that, but like it it is at a position that isn't as um, truly as impactful. And I do wonder in the new offense, how much of a shift we'll see away from, Dalvin Cook being the
0: sole focal point of the offense. Yeah, and Deshaun didn't even bother to rank the tight ends because, you know, in his view, like, tight ends really were a big part of the Rams' offense. You know, they were just kind of there, blocking, doing some things. But, like, when you look at, you know, the tight end, which kind of seems to be, like, a great unknown for us. You know, we got Irv flashed in training camp. But, like, we haven't really seen much from him. We got Munt. Uh, like who else? Like, I don't, I don't really even know. Like, we just got like some dudes out here. Uh, yeah, like what are your thoughts literally. on like an appropriate ranking for that, for that position? And like, does it even really matter in your view that we're like, maybe not as established or great at that position as, as some other teams?
2: I mean, because of the, like the lack of like stability and like unknown, you got to put us at the bottom, bottom tier. Uh, I don't think Mund, Mund is better than, you know, most backup tight ends. I think he's probably right in that average range of backup tight ends, maybe even below that. Um, Irv Smith, I, I think the potential is there, but again, you were going to year four with Irv and we're still talking about the potential because he sat behind Rudolph for a couple of years. He, he was really, he's been good when he's playing and has opportunities, but he hasn't the year he was supposed to be the guy he got hurt. So, um, Like I said, I think that the talent and ability is all there for Smith to be, you know, a top half of the league tight end. Uh, It's just we haven't seen it yet. So I think it's hard to just like automatically say he is that guy. Um, But um, as a unit, they're not very good. Like we have Ben Ellison and uh, Zach Davidson as as the other guys. So (laughs) you're not not yet, Steve. Not yet. Maybe maybe not yet.
0: Not yet soon soon all right well let's flip let's flip over to the other side of the ball let's uh yeah. let's get to the side of the ball that people seem to be a bit more concerned about which you know it's a bit ironic like during the zim years that uh you know we put so much focus on the defense you know at the end it was not great um but we'll jump in and so uh again gonna deviate a bit from deshaun's order here uh because you know we are we are friends of of pro football focus around these parts and like Coverage in today's NFL, where passing is so important, is king, you know? And so let's start with the cornerback group. Deshaun has our cornerback group ranked 16th. He has them right dead mid-pack. What I've seen from most Vikings fans is it feels like that's an optimistic ranking of the Vikings cornerback group. Very, um, very. Yeah. What are What are your thoughts on on where the Vikings stack up from a coverage perspective, uh, yeah. At, at corner, where would you put them?
2: Right now, I mean, I kind of have to look at it similar to uh, like what you would say about the offensive line. Like you have you have bodies. You got guys there. You're like, hey, they're not bad, but you don't have any game changers. Like Patrick Peterson isn't a, isn't what he used to be, and that's okay. Like they obviously got a way better deal on him this year than they did last year. Um, so I think bringing him back was fantastic at that, at that number. Cam Dancer is still a guy, kind of like Er Smith where you're like, can he be that guy? Like, can he be a, a shutdown, lockdown type of corner? Um, we haven't seen enough of it. We haven't, you know, it's pretty inconsistent. Hopefully, you know, we know he'll get opportunity this year to be that guy. So hopefully he steps up, steps up and can be that. Shannon Sullivan, I think he's a solid nickel, but I don't think he's anything special. I think he's an upgrade over McKenzie, but McKenzie was bad last year. So, um, but you paid, they're paying them very similar dollars anyway. So, yeah. Um, I can't sit here and say that 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 group that, that trio right now is, like, top half of the league or even, like, right in the middle. They're worse than that. Like, when you look at it on paper, there just isn't enough proof to say that they are. Um, you hope that they take that step, and you hope, you know, whoever they add um, can maybe even bump them up a little bit higher. But I can't sit here and say that they're, like, 16th. I'd say they're probably closer to, like, 22, you know, in that 22 to 25 range right now.
0: All right. So with what you're saying, like most, most folks, most fans are saying like cornerback needs to be the pick. Like when you go and look at most mock drafts, it is one of the top cornerbacks, whichever one falls. And is like, you know, available is the pick. Like everyone's basically saying we need to take one in the first round. And we probably need to take multiple cornerbacks throughout this draft to really add some depth and some talent to that room that you said, like, yeah, we just, we kind of have some dudes out there. Um, yep yeah how is the lack of depth and the fact that the cornerback position is so important in today's NFL? How is that informing the way that you'd be going at this draft if it was you making the
2: calls? Well, I've always been about best player available, so I'm not about trying to reach just because of a position in need. My thing is you going into a draft I know like the cap situation does factor into like not being able to just go sign everybody to fill every every need when you're you know tight against the cap but in an ideal world good teams find ways to fill their fill their holes before the draft so that there isn't a major need going into the draft because if you have major needs going into the draft that's when you start like changing your philosophies and and that's what we saw with the old regime they would we 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 knew what position was being drafted early uh, by the old regime in you know and so I, we can assume those those positions but i don't think you should just automatically say hey it has to be this position because this is what our biggest need is that player has to line up to that position um in so many ways so um obviously i think if the right guy falls and hits you at 12 you take him but you don't force the pick if a if guy isn't there um but I, I do think in an ideal world they should add another veteran cornerback um on the cheap because they don't have any money but. Um, but I think they need to add another veteran body to it anyways. Um, but in the draft, I I definitely think they need to take at least two, two guys in the draft, one early and one mid, kind of like the 2020 draft. Um, I know the whole Jeff Gladney situation, but like take one early and then take one third, fourth round if you can, or they don't have a fourth round pick. Jesus Christ, um, Chris Herndon. Um, but like you have six round picks, maybe you move up, but like take, Take multiple bodies at cornerback. Um, Jesus, I forgot that they don't have a fourth. Wow, man. Oh my God. Um,
0: we got to trade back. Yeah, like we. I mean, I feel like trading back has to be the move. If there was ever a year that we need to trade back, like this needs to be the one in which they do so. Amass them like at yeah. least some more yeah. mid round picks. Don't gather up all the seventh yeah. rounders like we used to, but like get some more mid round picks. That that's where everyone seems to say the strength of this draft the, is have, it's kind have, of in those yeah. mid rounds. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, let's hope to, three, I hope they go after yeah, it like that.
2: Yeah. They have three six round picks. Use some of those to move up. Like yeah. you don't have to draft six players on, on late day three. Draft a lot of those players in the in the middle rounds and draft one or two guys late in the late rounds. Like, should we try to get yeah. as much early talent as you can?
0: Yep, I'm definitely with it. All right, let's move on to defensive line. And like you said, defensive line it's a bit different. So like, how do you want to chop this up? Because, you know, defensive line in the old regime was, and the old scheme was, you know, our our nose tackles, our pass rushers. In this scheme, it's a bit different. So when you're thinking about now, just kind of the big boys down there, taking up space, freeing up, you know, the edge rushers, how are you, how are you ranking this? Deshaun has us at, at six, which feels like incredibly generous when we're thinking about, our big boys, where do you see us with just like the defensive line? Yeah. I I suspect he's including Hunter and and Zedarius in there.
2: Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, like, yes, they're considered outside linebackers, but they're like, and they're stand up, they're stand up outside linebackers, but like they're, they're defensive linemen. They just don't have their hands in the dirt. Um, I mean, I think if you include that, I think they're solid. I think it's a good group. I think the depth, um, you have some decent debt, like Armand Watts, who's also going to be a free agent I, that I forgot about. Um, you have him and Lynch as, a, and, and Kenny Willekes as like rotational depth pieces. Um, maybe one of those guys, like an Armand Watts can steal that other defensive end spot. Um, but in general, like it's a lot of unknown behind Phillips and and Tomlinson on the interior. Um, that's why I said, I wouldn't be surprised, like an, um, uh Loftus uh, uh George Carl Loftus like if that dude from Purdue um if he was if he was available at 12 he could be a guy that they consider and maybe he plays that defensive end role um and he can you know rush the passer at defensive end you know opposite Tomlinson and and next to guys like Smith and and Hunter um uh, maybe he's that guy um I don't know but um that position needs needs to be addressed and they they probably need to find somebody like like their JJ Watt type that's the kind of player I think of when I think of that defensive end position. Uh DJJ J. Watt type. And so um that's the kind of guy I think I look for and they can find it great. No, um, but they do need another body there. Outside linebacker they got.
0: Anybody um, on the roster that you think could grow into that? Cuz I know that uh name's escaping me right now. I think it's Janarius. Uh late round pick. He's working uh, so, out with Den- with Danielle this off this off season with the footwork king.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh is he someone that you think maybe could develop into a, a role and be a contributor? How are you looking at, kind of, because he has got the long arms that you're looking for, kind of, you know, stack and shed type player, probably needs to put a bit more weight on, get a little bit stronger. But like, is there anyone like him that you think maybe he might inform a bit of how they go at things in the draft? We're like, hey, there's someone that maybe we can develop here, or is it still, let's, let's add bodies, let's add them early. Uh, we need talent at these positions.
2: Well, so you look at you look at a guy like um, Janarius Robinson and Patrick Jones. Patrick Jones is I, so Janarius Robinson's more that outside linebacker type. He's probably going to fit that that mold, outside linebacker um, off the edge. Patrick Jones, he could be a guy that I do wonder because he's not quite as athletic. Maybe he becomes a guy that you ask to beef up a little bit, and he could play it like a rotational defensive end for you in the three four. Um, that's a guy that I'm wondering about kind of where they see if, if there's a fit there with him. Um, and then Kenny Willikas is another guy who's, who's flashed a little bit over the last couple of years. He's had, a, he's had some injuries, but he's flashed. Um, he's a guy that maybe you could maybe try to slot into that, that type of role on the cheap, see if he could, can, can continue to develop. I know James Lynch got mentioned. I think, you know, maybe he's a guy that fit that from college. He fit that role in college and maybe it's a more of a natural fit for him. Uh, and then, uh, Jalen Twyman, um, not sure how much of a fit but he's coming off the you know last year he got um the he got shot which was you know pretty crazy and you know glad he's okay you hope he can he can come back and maybe he can show you something i wouldn't he's obviously it's not something you can rely on but maybe it's something he could show and camp um on that interior
0: all right well we're just gonna pretend that we it sounds like we kind of looked at that a bit like we're in nickel we're in four three we got our we yeah. got, you know, Denell, and we got uh Zadarius on the outside. We got the guys that we recognize on the inside there. So linebacker, uh, this is another position where, you know, uh Amanda Sean has us top ten. How you feeling about that? Not that it really matters I mean, that to much. Time on it, but yeah, like, top ten.
2: It's it's kinda like it's kinda like running back. Uh it's they're good. I think they have Eric Hendricks who's a really good linebacker. I think Jordan Hicks is a solid um, number two inside linebacker in this in this defense, and I think both guys can cover, which is the one thing you want them to be able to do um, at that at, at their roles. And I think um, I think they're solid. I think saying top ten for that um, is just fine.
0: All right, safety, bring us Safety's, home.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, so safety, where did he have a safety? I, I would I would assume decently high. I think can buy him.
0: Yeah, he didn't rank safety and no, tight end, but he ranked that's fine. punt. That's fine. Punt kicker and punt return you know i'm have to talk to our uh, man after the uh, yeah. show here because i'm not really understanding this yeah. at all but like safety how, how are we feeling about
2: it <laughs> so safety obviously you have harrison smith but he's aging um and he's still expensive he's a guy that obviously I, he's he's really good still he's playing at, still at, a, at a high level he's a guy that um you know he's still one of the top safeties in the league cam is an unknown but he played well um, he he did play well in the spot starts he played last season. I think he's a guy that that position opposite Smith should be his to lose right now. And maybe you bring in another veteran, um, which they do need. They need depth there, um, more than anything. Um, but if you can find another veteran, I think that'd be fine. But I think they're I think they're fine. I think um they need to add bodies though. So I'm not gonna sit here and say like they're ready to go into the season. But like I think they can draft somebody late, mid mid to late, and I think they could um Sign a, another veteran on the minimum to be uh, depth.
0: Well, bet. that's it. We made it through the positions we're going to talk about because we're definitely talk, not talking about talk. the kickers and punters. No, like we're good. The one thing
2: I wanted to mention. Like we're good. I, no, I just wanted to mention. I wanted to mention the return game. You can't. You can't say we're top three. We don't even know who the punt returner is. You could say we're a top three kick return team. We don't know who the punt returner is, though. That's it. That's yeah, all exactly. said.
1: We'll,
0: we'll, we'll figure that out can't we'll figure that out so uh i know we've said it a lot we've gone like you know it's exciting like we've talked about a lot of things i will say like with where we are i am very excited about like draft season and yeah just kind of really seeing that the vikings can go any direction that they want to they can trade back there's already rumors there's already things being put out there where the vikings might be an attractive trade partner for someone looking to come up to get one of the the uh the offensive line uh can we can we yeah, on go ahead that
2: real then. quick jason So we're at 12. We're at 12. I know the quarterback situation is like, we don't know where that position is going to fall. But the one thing you kind of just hit on, the Vikings are in a perfect position right now for any team that's looking to trade up for an offensive tackle, quarterback, or wide receiver. You could even potentially say edge rusher. I'm not – maybe the Vikings need to take that player (laughs) if he's at 12. But, you know, maybe maybe it's not a fit positionally. So um, the Vikings are in a perfect spot similar to last year for like the the Giants and the uh the Cowboys who traded who, did, who both traded back in their um last year at those similar spots the Vikings are in a really good spot to to trade back if the board falls a certain way and some of those teams are looking to move up for a specific uh position or player
0: I love it we've been talking about team trade back for a while like maybe this is the year that we yeah. finally get like you know, our wish appropriate trade back. Maybe get some more. Maybe recoup that mid round pick, or maybe get some some future picks because it looks like right now we saw it recently. I think it was what the uh, the Saints and Eagles, where you know you can really take advantage of somebody if you're willing to take it take take advantage of the the discount by by taking your picks to the, the following year. So you know, hopefully we can get in that market, get some uh, some more some more bullets for the for the the QB class of you know 2023. And uh, and see what we do with all yep. that, but that's it. That's all. That's the show. We made it through. Uh, I would re- be remiss if I didn't say shout out to all y'all who made your way over to the Facebook feed after making it over to YouTube and finding out things were not working the way they were supposed to. Restream fighting us a little bit tonight. So shout out to all y'all who made it over. As always, we love chopping it up with all of you in the comments. And uh, oh, we got producer Dave up. He's not smiling, producer Dave. Does not like when things do not go the way they are supposed to right now. So he's fired up right now. But it was a lot of fun talking to Miles, talking to all of y'all. Anyone who, you know, was trying to watch this on YouTube, you're probably watching on YouTube now because producer Dave is going to go ahead and get this up on YouTube right, right away. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. That's the show. Thanks, as always, to everyone. Thanks to Lake Monster Brewing and uh, Dave. What's cracking, man? How you doing?
1: Smile. Besides being a Smile. little it's okay. perturbed. I, didn't, <laughs> you know, I originally thought it was restream, restream. I don't think it is. I checked Restream. They're pumping out a signal to YouTube. It was YouTube that never caught the link. And I apologize for that. Sometimes that happens. I'm going to blame my buddy and head of uh, Daily Norseman, Christopher Gates. The weatherman, it was probably <laughs> solar spots like we used to complain about before. But I'm glad everybody made it over. And everybody watched either on the Climbing the Pocket page or the Daily Norseman page. Uh, that's why we're partner with Daily Norseman to get shows out on multiple streams so you guys can watch wherever and enjoy the show. Tomorrow night we have Vikings Happy Hour and we will have a guest. Don't know who it is right now. I haven't looked, but I can guarantee it because we have guests booked now until through the draft on Vikings Happy Hour. So join us tomorrow night, break out some beer, preferably Lake Monster. They're great, especially I love some of their IPAs. And uh, we may even, this is a surprise, have a Vikings hot take on Thursday. The boys are discussing doing that. It shocked me.
0: I love it. Well, that's it. That's all. Thanks to all of y'all. Like, subscribe. All of that wonderful stuff. And like Bo said, thank you for all your behind-the-scenes work, Dave. And uh, one more one more request, Dave. Play the music.
1: Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. cool everybody.